So Rob, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, we're sitting in Hood River. Uh, I'm, you know, I came over here from Portland. I'm always very jealous because I love Hood River. So I want to talk about the town, but I always want to first start kind of how did you get into advertising? So you are a partner in this agency here called Blue Collar. And, you know, so what was your path? How did you kind of come to own this agency? Well, I'll try to give you the Cliff's Notes version of that because it's kind of a long story, <laughs> but there's some there's some interesting highlights. Um, so first, thanks for doing this. Um, yeah. I've been listening to some of the other podcasts; they're quite entertaining, and cool. um, and I kind of see the pattern of what you're up to. So I appreciate being a part of it. Um, you know, for me, there was a very pivotal uh, moment. It was sort of an epiphany. It was. Um, uh, in college, I had this adjunct professor who was actually in, in an advertising class, copywriting to be uh, specific. And he came fresh in off the office from Motorola every day. And I just had this just awesome change from not quite knowing what I wanted to do with my career um, and making a shift from the business school over to the communication school because I started to kind of um, get a sense of advertising and, um, what that might be all about. And this, this professor would come in and he would just give us these real words, real world stories, just mm -hmm. right from the kitchen, right. You know, right from the grind. And it was the first time actually in any of my coursework that I just had that, uh, that moment of clarity. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it was, it had something to do with sort of the, the, uh, the creative aspect of the work. Um, very chaotic, mm -hmm. um, you know, think on your feet, um, a lot of curveballs, and for whatever reason, uh, you know, I just have a little bit of a glutton, gluttony for, <laughs> for punishment that way. And and it, I don't know, it seemed appealing. And he was a really interesting guy, and and that's where I got hooked. And um, at the time, as I mentioned, I was in the business school, and uh, I shifted over to the school of communications. Um, and essentially, I gave up the concept of potentially making a ton of money someday by doing that <laughs> to having right, uh, right. job satisfaction, yeah. wanting wanting yeah. to get out of bed in the morning. So. Um, that's honestly where it started. Um, and did you go? Did you grow up here, or did where did you go to school? And um, did you grow up on the West Coast? Or? Yep. No, I uh, born and raised in Michigan. Okay. Uh, I was born in Gross Point. Okay. Uh, moved up north to a small town, not actually much bigger than uh, Hood River. It's called Harbor Springs. Um, went to school at Grand Valley State University down in Grand Rapids. Uh, so we were kind of in the epicenter of auto industry and and, and a lot of the sort of Chicago. Um, uh, advertising is really big in Chicago, so there's quite an influence that carries over to Grand Rapids. Right. So um, that's kind of how I got into it. But uh, um, at that point, um, it was uh, that was sort of a uh, a segue into my life out in Oregon. Um, finished school and uh, got a job with an advertising agency there called Inwards, and it was it was traditional advertising, um, and there was just this strange. Um, serendipity that happened uh all in one week my girlfriend broke up with me my uh uh job dried up the largest account that we had which was uh, blue cross and blue shield mm -hmm. went away so i got laid off and uh a buddy called me and he said he was moving out to uh hood river and he wanted to check it out this literally all happened within four days of each other so yeah, so he the, was like a windsurfer he or? was a windsurfer <laughs> and i was a windsurfer and uh you know what uh I, what kind of, how else do you take a sign like that? Right. So, uh, I left, uh, my job when I think that was the best layoff of my boss's day. He <laughs> wrote me a letter of recommendation. Wow. I was stoked to, to hear the news because it all lined up perfectly and moved out West and on my way to Portland, uh, I was obviously going to go get another job in the industry and Hood River just stopped me in my tracks. And I, I thought I would, um, 
to see if I can make it work here. Mm-hmm. And so the rest is history. Yeah. And like I said, we'll get into Hood River and, you know, there's a lot going on here and things. But so you, and I think you, we were talking before this, you worked for another agency before you kind of started this agency up with a, a couple people you used to work with. Right. And you've been going about 10, almost 10 years. Yeah, that's right. So um, the short story on that is uh, I met my business partners, Tom Lehman and April Donovan. They both uh, handle creative at another shop that we're working for here. It was a pretty good sized shop for uh, Hood River Standard. It's um, It was up to about 45 people, some pretty big national accounts in the outdoor lifestyle space. Uh, Nike, Columbia Sportswear, Smith Sport Optics, Cliff Bar, a lot of, a lot of really cool brands yeah. in that realm. Um, and uh, these guys were, you know, fresh off the um, the sweatshops of big Philly agencies. Philadelphia PA is where they moved from. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think the last shop that they worked for, it was upwards of about 250 people wow. um, working on Big Pharma, which has its own dynamic. And it's it really is, a, it was a, quite a different environment. So I think they were pretty happy to have an opportunity to live in Hood River, have access to national accounts like that, but really fun, engaging work. Yeah. So. Uh, we worked together for about five years, and uh, so we had an opportunity to kind of get to know each other, um, and we all sort of shared a similar perspective on what we felt was going on in advertising as a as an as an industry, I guess. Um, and you know, without being too down on it, uh, when shops get to a certain size, um, and then they start being bought up by maybe a larger shop, you know, there tends to be a financial agenda. Right. Um, and because of things like that, it may not necessarily always be about the work. At least that's what we felt like. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, you know, some politics, red tape. Um, so it, it's, it's hard, but, and it's the reality of the business that we're in, but it wasn't job satisfaction for us. So I think we all shared this similar perspective on what was going on and, and we just wanted to do something about it, you know, and at the same time we were a little bit jacked up on the whole entrepreneurial spirit. So we decided to jump ship, go our own way and do it on our own terms. Um, and that essentially is, is the concept of the blue collar brand. Um, we, the three of us actually do, if you go back into our families, we have blue collar backgrounds specifically in, you know, shipyards. Mm -hmm. Um, my, my, uh, grandparents uh, grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, which is where the Sioux locks is. Um, April's parents were in the connected to the coal mining industry and Tom to um, auto mechanics. So there, there was this interesting uh, dynamic of our family backstories and, you know, um, not afraid of hard work. Um, you know, there's this uh, concept. If you think of the, the persona of the uh, blue collar worker, it's born from the industrial revolution. And there's something very pure and authentic and really cool about that. And it's, you know, it conjures up, um, uh, attributes of, for things like, you know, hard work, integrity, craftsmanship, mm-hmm. um, back to handshake deals. So it really didn't take us long to kind of brainstorm this whiteboard it out and figure out that if we take this thing that we're so passionate about in terms of this, this, um, you know, way of doing business and, and the way we go about, um, how we wanted to do advertising and kind of flip that, um, perspective of the agency on its head, right. this would be a great idea for a brand platform. And to this day, it's it's been awesome. It's been it's colorful. There's a lot you can do with it. We're sitting in a conference room that's referred to as the combustion chamber. <laughs> you know, the other one's called the called ignition. Yeah. Um, you know, our our proposals are just strewn with blue collar. Um, uh, they're, they're the um, um, exploded views of car parts, things like that. So it's it's been really fun. Yeah, I love your brand. And you guys continue to work with some awesome brands. Um, 
you know, we've chatted before this, I kind of took a peek at your website and, uh, you know, can you mention some of the companies you work, work with and things you do? Or? Yeah, absolutely. So like a lot of agencies, uh, we, and not necessarily by design, it just sort of happens this way. Um, we do specialize in certain verticals mm-hmm. uh, it's because when you do a good job and you have a happy client, they're going to refer you to somebody else that they know. And that other person happens to be in their industry. Right. Um, so we're always looking to add new verticals because they're good for our business and they're, um, they provide a lot of, um, value back to the career satisfaction element of this. But, uh, sports and rec by default is a big one. Uh, we inherited that from the last agency where we worked for. So okay. Nike, Nike's an account specifically, um, Nike golf, we do a lot of BDB advertising for them. Cool. Um, uh, Columbia River Knife and Tool is one of our main accounts. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the underdog to Gerber and Leatherman. Yeah, and so you have a bunch of knives spread out in your <laughs> yep, office when you yep. walk in. You're like, hey, what's going on here? All these knives. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's good to fondle the product <laughs> yeah. and you know immerse ourselves in their yeah. in what they're doing. Um, they have a thing called the uh, the Cut Club. So um, those knives come really sharp from the factory. So cool. uh, pretty sure everybody that's worked on the team has actually um, had have had a bandage on their hand at one point or have actually gone to the ER <laughs> since we've worked on the account. So they've been around for about five years. Um, healthcare is a, is a, uh, a vertical that we've got some experience in, uh, and not just with blue collar, April and Tom, as I mentioned, worked, um, pretty hard on the pharma business okay. and in healthcare when they were in Philadelphia. Um, we have a, a client now, uh, that's, um, urgent care yeah. uh, clinics in, in Portland, go help, mm-hmm. uh, it's owned by legacy, as a conglomerate. Um, Sigma Photo is one of our longest standing accounts. In fact, they, they, were, they were our first account about nine years ago, and it's, wow. a, it's a full service agency, a record model. So um, because of that, we go to the Consumer Electronics Trade Show and WPPI and PPE. Okay. So that's given us connection to other consumer electronics brands. And another big vertical is uh, tourism. So um, we have uh, Sun Valley Resorts, uh, Snow Basin, which is connected through the same uh, family ownership, which is Sinclair Oil. Um, so that must be tough. Got to make trips out. There. I know. I know it's tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not bad for employee morale. <laughs> right. The problem for me is, is that everybody wants to work on the really cool accounts. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to get them to work on the not so cool <laughs> ones. I'm going to leave leave those nameless at this point. In uh, Mason County, which is um, the eastern half of the olympic peninsula so we do all the travel and tourism marketing for that region up by seattle so so um so that's been a fun account as well too yeah so that's um from a vertical standpoint that's kind of how we're set up um the uh as far as the um sort of the dna of who we are you know we've um uh, i'll talk about this in a few minutes when we're kind of looking at the industry but um, you know, we started, started as obviously a pretty small shop. We launched in, in digital. The agency we were working for before was 100% digital, all websites, uh, just getting into mobile as it was emerging, right. SEO, analytics, email marketing. So that's kind of where we cut our chops. And, uh, and then we launched on that plat- platform and then have actually um, evolved into more of a full-service hybrid shop since then. Got it. Got it. So, yeah, like you said, really wanted to talk about just kind of the state of the advertising industry it's when I mean, you've been in the industry for a while it's changed a lot not not only how you're working with brands but just obviously the platforms and what advertising means right so um what's kind of like top of your mind for how it's changed trends 
whatever you want to, sh- you know, share good and bad and kind of what's, what's going on with that. Yeah, it's um, honestly, as I mentioned, uh, I got into this for the career satisfaction of it and, and, and a really a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Um, and the best part of my day is to ignore the work, talk to somebody like yourself, go to a conference, um, pull up my, you know, my regular digital periodicals, try to study what's going on. And it, and it's fascinating to me every day. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much it's changed. And it's just in the last 10 years, just since we've been in business, right. um, to point out some of the major shifts that I see in the industry. Um, if you just start with more of the business side of it, um, I would say that there's been a pretty significant shift and falling out on how agencies are set up. So, um, if you think about the concept of a traditional agency, what does traditional mean these days? So if we think about it in, in um, what we, what we used to realize is more like print and broadcast, uh, packaging, brand identity, things like that, but not really doing digital. That's kind of what I mean by, by traditional, but, um, you know, the big shops, uh, really started to fall into a couple of different categories and some of them, and I'm not going to start naming names, but some of them really struggled with getting digital right because that's not their world. They didn't think that way. It wasn't a technology first. It might be an idea first, but executing on it, sometimes the things would fall apart. Um, but then they started to figure it out. And, if, you know, to call out one example, you know, this is pretty old now, Crispin Porter with Subservient Chicken. You know, they they came out with that thing and immediately it gave them a brand as a legitimate digital agency. Mm -hmm. So these big shops started to get profiled pretty quickly and you'd started to see accounts move around because maybe the more um, uh, the less progressive agencies weren't quite getting it. And and the clients were getting pretty savvy, so they would make a move. Um, But what that did was that forced those big shops to get it right. And some of them went under and some of them absolutely got it right. So for me, that's, that was a really interesting shift in what's going on. And for, from a digital side, which is what we were at the time is competition. So, um, if you take the traditional shop and you put them up against the digital shop, the digital shop started to fall into a couple of different subcategories, if you will. And where I believe they are today is they emerged into either a hardcore tech shop a couple of good examples in Portland who I think do a really good job is Forex, um, mm. hardcore tech. Um, they do mostly open source work on uh, Drupal and Magento and WordPress, uh, which are obviously technologies in high demand for marketing these days. Yeah. Um, and Emerge Interactive is another shop that uh, we've worked with in the past that do an amazing job. Um, also do some creative in UX, but they're kind of known for technology. So okay. they're always going to do well, I think, with that brand. Uh, but But there was this fairly significant migration between a traditional shop and these tech shops. Uh, well, what does that leave for an all digital shop? That's not just a tech shop. And that's mm-hmm. what we were. We were creative strategy, marketing first based on, on uh, digital advertising uh, technology slash marketing. Um, and it is, it's all those things that I mentioned, like, you know, building a website and doing analytics and SEO and making sure it's all mobile compliant and, uh, email marketing and and understanding and not just that but in technology how do these other components play into it such as you know text messaging and here comes social media mm-hmm. um, so now there's this emerging trend which is where, where I would best position ourselves which is sort of the the full service hybrid quote unquote if you will it's really I think the best way to describe it um, and uh, and 
there are some some shops that I think I consider to be the gold standard, and they're doing that right. Like, who do I want to be when we grow up? Okay, a um, couple of good examples, and and I'll just prop them up a bit. I think Instrument has done an amazing job uh, creating that flavor. They're by no means known to be stodgy or old school. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do tech right, um, but they also think big creative. Uh, Roundhouse is another example. I know. Um, um, your friend Chris Murphy's done some work with Roundhouse for Adidas. I think they do amazing work, and they've they've really captured that DNA of, of that type of agency. Yeah, and so the ecosystem of agencies uh, is interesting because, like you, you guys, your colleagues, you have these other agencies. Uh, you like you admire some of their work. So, are you guys pretty friendly, or how does it work? Because it's I was talking to a friend who he's a creative director at Roundhouse, and he's like, it's like, man, it's like every day there's a new shop moving in. Yeah, and so. How how's that ecosystem look for you? Um, do you guys get together, or is it is it kind of a, a friendly competitive thing? Or I'm always interested in, in that. Uh, well, I suppose you might get a different answer depending on who you ask here. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things yeah. that my business partners and I agree on. Other yeah. others uh, not so much. But for for all intents and purposes, that's a good healthy debate as well too. Yeah. Because no one person knows everything. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, I, my DNA on this is I, I'm always willing to sit down and have a, a healthy conversation with my competition because one, I'll learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, um, I think there's opportunities where we can all help each other. Yeah. Um, there's a shop in town here, um, Owen Jones and Partners, who we're super friendly with. They're, um, they're a great shop, um, a little bit bigger than we are in, in terms of headcount. Um, they do great work for Adobe and, and Swiss Army and, and uh, some other shops. And we, uh, he comes by here on a regular basis. He's buying, he's borrowing camera equipment. And, you know, we're up there chatting yeah. with his employees. And, yeah. you know, it's, um, I think we all benefit from it. And, and Hood River plays a dynamic on that mm-hmm. as well, too, because yeah. there's, there's, the, there's the talent. Um, and, uh, you know, I can talk a little bit about that. But it's, um, yeah, no, it's, I think it's a good thing. For sure. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to be careful. Um, you know, we have very solid NDAs in place and, yeah. uh, we want to be respectful of not, you know, stealing other shops talent. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time we have to be able to grow and be competitive at that level. Um, so that's, that's kind of our, our approach. To yeah. And I love that perspective because I, I don't know if it's just kind of a, you know, port, Northwest kind of ethos, but I, I feel that's what makes kind of the Portland area and, and Hood River specifically kind of special because um, you, you do share that it's not as cutthroat maybe. Um, so, you know, that being said, uh, you know, we're sitting in Hood River. Uh, it's it's grown a lot and you've been here a while and, you know, want to get your thoughts on, you know, how it's changed, how it's changed for, for the good and, and bad. And there's some great companies uh, moving here and, you know, the proximity to Portland is – is good for talent and you know a lot of folks want to live out here but we were talking before this too there's it's it's tough because the housing situation is, is crunch so um, love to get your perspectives and thoughts on that too yeah well we talk about hood river probably weekly in our agency planning meetings like yeah. is this an asset to us is it a liability uh do we care because we're living an awesome lifestyle right we do care um yeah. and by no means would we ever let hood river be um a detriment to what we're doing you know we um, you know we have to recruit talent that allows us to be competitive with all the big shops our clients are national they're not they're not mm-hmm. local um and so that's uh, that's a dynamic for us for sure. But all that means is that we just have to work harder to recruit. Um, 
because we do have to be competitive with urban shops. Um, and I don't necessarily just mean Portland. Portland's got a an interesting dynamic. It's kind of a running joke in the industry that um, if you put Portland up against Seattle and, and San Francisco um, and you were to compare sort of the, the – the, the ego with the talent. It's a funny, it's a funny balance. And, and it's awesome for people in Portland and for agencies because we, we do live an awesome lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I think the concept of the sweatshop has kind of melted away and I can't necessarily speak to, you know, the 250 person shop in San Francisco um, or LA, but I think people work a good, um, uh, there's a good work-life balance in, in the agency in general. Mm-hmm. How does that translate to hood river and what's going on out here? Um, I think that's a benefit to us because we have this dynamic that I've never seen in an agency before. There's no water cooler talk. There's no, um, there's no red tape. It's very transparent. Um, people have made a commitment to have that, that work-life balance. Yeah. So everybody in the office either rides a mountain bike or kayaks or kiteboards or windsurfs, and they don't want to jeopardize that. So they're in heads down. We have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also, um, just get this crazy amount of work done in a lot of time. If you just look at our utilization rates and just a general level of productivity, it's pretty awesome to see because uh, people want to get out and they want to enjoy their lives. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's always the big deadline. There's the pitch and, you know, everybody's happy to put their head down and, and do that. But, um, but as far as um, how that plays into Hood River as a town, uh, as I mentioned, it's, that's the single largest uh, challenge is is recruitment to be totally honest um, not everybody wants to live in hood river it does unless you've actually been here and experienced it and what it's where it's gone and how it's evolved uh, there's an outside perspective that um, maybe it is a little um arnie fife if you will and you you know differently because you right. come on your big experience yeah. but it's it's really grown quite a bit so um uh, I'll use uh, one company that's um, really been in the news quite a bit lately is in situ. They make military reconnaissance drones. Um, across the hall. Across <laughs> the hall. Yep. We're actually in their office now, uh, which is a kind of a fun dynamic where, um, as I think I mentioned earlier, uh, we're like the black sheep in the office. Yeah. There's, I think, something like 250 aerospace engineers in this building, and they have a certain persona to them, and yeah. advertising people have a little bit different right. vibe to them. So um, sometimes they give us funny looks when we're playing golf in the hallways right. or cranking our music up a little bit. And it's amazing we haven't actually been kicked out of the building yet, but you know, that time will come probably. Uh, but they, the last number I heard is they have moved over 375 people into town, in, not necessarily living here, but into the company working out of the Hood River office just in the last month. Wow. And for yeah. a town of 7,000 people, yeah. that, that rate has wow. created a significant impact in the town. Um, and it's, uh, th- these are not your average um, Hood River people. I think a lot of them fall into the lifestyle and they love it. But it's creating a profile, profound impact here and um, um, some good and some challenges. Um, and that's really adding to some of the other industry and the growth that we've seen here. The kind is based here. Mm-hmm. They've seen steady growth over the last 20 years since they've been here. Uh, Tofurky is a good uh, sized company that's decided to hang their hat here. So we've really seen this industry bustle, and, and uh, that's on top of uh, microbreweries that are popping up left and right, yeah. and they're all killing it. Uh, wine industry is going crazy, uh, and that's obviously tourism on top of that. So honestly, it's been amazing. I moved here 25 years ago now, and 
I will take what Hood River is now over what it was then. I didn't think I'd be here more than a year, and wow. I'm glad to see it's 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 grown and evolved. And, and for the most part, what I think it all rolls up to is to work and live in town. Now you have an infrastructure, you have industry, you have really smart people around, um, and you can have the lifestyle as well too. So. Um, you know, does that create any kind of detriment for our business? I don't think so at all. We're happy to hop in the car. We're in Portland multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. We're on flights when we need to be. Um, but we're also not sitting in traffic um, two hours a day. You know, we're, we're putting that time in split between work and, yeah. and getting out on the water. And it's easier for folks to want to come out here, too. Um, like when I, you know, when I was going to interview you, I was... I was stoked to get out yeah, here. So yeah. I think probably you have some clients who would love to come out here too. And, and that profile of Hood River is ultimately probably a good thing, but similar to Portland, there's it's, we'll see what, what happens. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's great. There's, um, there's a big debate going on right now with, uh, county and city planning. They're talking about a, uh, it's referred to as the West side development right now. And there's plans in place to, expand the town. Uh, they're talking about somewhere between 1,100 and 1,800 new homes, wow. which would effectively double the size of Hood River in population over the next five to 10 years that it goes through. Um, I haven't personally formed an opinion on that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is that it will create more affordable housing for people who do want to live and work here. Um, just the sheer level of affluence of the demographic of town has changed radically. Um, if you've looked at any kind of a real estate listing, you'll get a sense of what I'm talking about. Um, so that can be a challenge for, uh, our employees, for example. Um, but at the same time, you know, we all came to town for a certain reason and we want to make sure it maintains its integrity. It's kind of rough around the edges appeal a bit. We don't want it to be a little too, um, uh, affluent, if you will. Um, so it's, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of good in it as well. Yeah, the spirit's still there. And I, like you were saying, I think that will always be part of the town. So earlier in the conversation, we were talking about trends, specifically some just trends about digital, right? And uh, so what are some things you, you could share about your thoughts on that? And So there's been a couple of really interesting fundamental shifts in how we do advertising and how we do marketing in the past, just in the past couple of years. Um, and obviously there's a lot of stuff going on. You could talk about social media, you could talk about how search has shifted, you could talk about different uh, variables of technology, but the things that have really floated to the top for me uh, that it has been an impact on our business and how we go about the work is one is uh, brand work. So we do a ton of brand identity for our clients mm-hmm. and that's the good stuff because that becomes the halo, like the umbrella for all the extension work. And, there's, there's this um, shift in how you go about that now, which is really a digital first brand perspective. So if you just think about the fundamentals, how brand is going to be executed right down to type selection, for example, it's, you got to think about it being mobile compliant. You got to have mm-hmm. web safe fonts um, to logo design. Um, if you're not thinking about something in a square aspect ratio or something that reduces down, well, it's not going to, it's going to fall apart on social media. So um, it's been nice to have, see the creative team really back their way into a creative brief that then affects the overall brand and not just the visual, which is, you know, logo typeface, right. um, color palette, but also the voice and how you talk about it. Is it, are you going to be able to take snippets out of that for a tweet or a post? So that's been really interesting and in how the whole branding process has shifted. And I think a lot of agencies are, are getting that as well too. Um, 
The other thing that's been really uh, interesting, and honestly, it makes me sleep well at night, is, is technology. So um, we used to think about technology as this big, hairy beast on how we would actually get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was true. Every, every A lot of things were just custom code and proprietary, um, you know, platforms like Cold Fusion, .NET, things like that. It was really expensive. Uh, I think a lot of clients got burned by building something, and if it didn't work out with their agency, they couldn't take it with them because it was mm-hmm. built by somebody that only knew how to do that. Um, there's been this pretty major shift to a platform such as open source. Um, you know, you build something on WordPress, there's no shame in that. You can build a pretty nice website on WordPress, and guess what? It comes with uh, the largest library of extensions out there, so you don't have to custom code a form or an integration to your email service provider. You know, all these things that marketing needs now right. to work properly and function, um, <clears throat> you know, they're all come with uh, responsive models baked into them. Um, you know, and then some of the more larger platforms like Magento for e-commerce or Drupal for more, um, you know, uh, less e-commerce related websites. But it's been really nice. And even our tech director, you'll hear him say it, um, you know, it's the beauty of this is we can think freely from a marketing standpoint. And if we can let the strategy just flow into the technical brief, I'm going to take that. And I'm just going to execute the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. It's, it's nice to see technology leadership even think that way. We don't have to overbuild things. Yeah. Um, so that's been a pretty major shift. Um, and and they're, they're bomber. Um, they, they sync well with the new hosting platforms. They're super flexible to move and evolve with how marketing agendas need to shift. Um, super flexible to follow what a creative director wants to do. So. And are clients getting more savvy about the technical part of that or i mean that's your guys as a, a partner to them that's that's what you guys do but um that's a really good question actually uh, what i have seen is uh, marketing directors in particular who technically and historically haven't been super technically savvy mm-hmm. have gotten burned by a situation like a big proprietary platform um and it burns a lot of budget and it's hard to get things done and whatnot so i think what that whole model has added a lot of um uh, importance to the value of the marketing director's role these days. So they've been held accountable to not let that happen again. Yeah. So what we're seeing is a lot more technical, technically savvy talent in the marketing department coming to us and actually already knowing what they want. And more often than not, they're right. And mm-hmm. we're not going to try to talk them out of it. Right. So in the Wild West days, they would just buy whatever you'd sell them and you'd build it based on how you knew how to build it. Now, those days are gone. You have to be a bit tech tech agnostic and you have to kind of honor their wishes. And also because there's third-party sources that need to to comply with that. So an ERP system or a CRM or your email service provider, um, it needs to to play nice with those things. So uh, the answer is yes, they, they, they know what they're doing now. And it's probably only, they're only get more tech savvy, right? So uh, that whole dynamic's really interesting because you, this, you know, marketing technologist term, this, you know, these, this rise of this certain type of uh, marketing person at, at a brand is, um, is interesting for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's great because they speak our language and we can just get down to brass tacks and get the work done. Yeah. And, and technology at the end of the day just doesn't have to be the hurdle there. So that's been great. Um, I think the last thing worth mentioning, and this is a fresh topic because I was invited to the um, PDX Marketing Forum that you had hosted, is this concept of omni-channel. Yeah. So this is something that we're essentially baking into everything that we do from a consulting standpoint with our clients. So um, the uh, you know the, 
really the best way to describe that is this concept of cross-channel marketing done right. Um, you know, most people understand the concept of cross-channel, so that's a good way to describe it. But the problem with cross-channel is it doesn't put um, sort of the consumer perspective in mind. So these days with technology and specifically social media really driving this is the, um, the consumer needs to control their own journey with their own data. And, you know, won't go too much into the technical aspects of that. But the concept is um, if, if we can coach our client partners into thinking about their marketing strategy from the customer's point of view and empowering that customer to use that data and craft their own journey, mm-hmm. that's the holy grail of omni-channel marketing. And it affects all channels, this is, and not even necessarily just digital, uh, but obviously your website, uh, social media, if you go into a store and you buy something at a chain store and your data is captured at that point, right. um, you really need to use that data and connect it all together so that uh, the, the the goal at the end of the day is that, that customer experience with all of those different touch points is absolutely cohesive. And this is sort of the, the model and it's a, it's a long journey and it's hard to get there. There's... Um, there's no silver bullet to it, mm-hmm. but there's little um, there's little wins as well too. Yeah. If you can just figure out how to connect your mobile experience from your desktop experience, so if somebody puts something in their cart on mobile, it better darn well be there when it when they open up their desktop browser. It's just little yeah. wins like that yeah. is one step close, closer to omni-channel nirvana. So this has become sort of a cornerstone of how we're um, you know working with our clients these days, but also just kind of an industry wide emerging trend. So I think we got some really good uh, feedback. And, yeah. Um, well, the last thing you mentioned something you mentioned, um, you know, your consulting and, you know, I've been reading a lot in the trades, how, you know, agencies are, have this consulting arm. Now they're, they're buying consulting agencies or consulting agencies are buying agencies. Um, is that something that's always kind of been embedded in your DNA and, or is that, is that a shift in the kind of the, the world too, or, well, I, I think from an agency standpoint, I, I guess I can't really speak so much to the acquisition of consulting agencies. I haven't really followed it that closely, yeah. but what I can say is, is the shops that um, are vying for that agency of record role for, let's just say, any company that's just broad strokes, $50 million or more, uh-huh. and a general perspective of um, a type of uh, size of a business that might have an agency of record as opposed to just trying to figure it out on their own is they really demand that they need that, uh, that consulting layer. So our model will be to go in from a a business strategy and a creative strategy and offer that consulting layer. Um, and the shops that don't offer that, it's not necessarily that it's wrong or it doesn't work, but they tend to fall into more of a production shop type model. So that consulting will be handled on the client side and they'll just do a good job executing on what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll play that consulting uh, role with the client. Um, so what that does is it puts a lot of emphasis on discovery. So if we don't know our client's business 95% as well as they do, it doesn't really work. So it needs to um, have a certain level of resources behind it so that we can essentially be those almost like an internal partner and right. access to the key uh, players in the organization and sales and product development and um, you know marketing uh, to be able to make recommendations that are actually relevant to help them make money or save money. Um, so that it is that first. Um, and then on the creative side, um, coming in into it with our egos checked at the door and not just painting pretty pictures, but is it a business solution? You know, does it communicate the brand story effectively? Um, is it going to, um, extend well to all the different marketing channels that we're doing? So, 
Um, but you're right. I think there there's firms that do that really well that can also play that intermediary role. Um, and that's, uh, that seems to be the differentiator between, um, some of the shops that get to play that agency record role right. or just do a production shop. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Things are shifting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, all right, Rob. Well, thanks again. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me, Dan.